Welcome to episode 117 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I'm Jared. I'm Jeff. And I'm Liam. And MTB stands for Mountain Bike. Yes. Just in case people didn't know. Yes. Maybe they're first-time listeners, and they accidentally clicked on this, and they have no idea what we're about to talk about. Yeah, it's definitely not the MTV podcast, which is when I do the transcription. It always thinks this is the MTV podcast. Mm. But we do not talk about. We really music missed television. out because if we Neither were MTV, no, if, <laughs> if, if we were just hot MTV stars when MTV was oh. gung ho, that would be that would be a lot cooler than being in the mountain bike. World. Yeah, it's also we'd it's, have a lot more money too. Yeah, it's no use being a hot MTV star now. I mean, because yeah, that's what we true. are. But uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day, it would have been great. It would. In this episode, aside from MTV aspirations we are going to discuss some new rock shock products my emergency adventure race training and listener questions ranging from how to prep your mountain bike for an everest attempt the best mountain bike festival what our stage names would be and much much more nice hey rock shock rock shocks rock shocks it's an x man rock shocks new shocks rock rock shocks shocks Rock shockses. Rock are those your rock shockses? Those are my rock. What if you shockses? had to put an apostrophe s after it? <laughs> that would be like rock, rock shockses. Are those those? That would be rock shockses. Rock shocks. Don't you just put it and then you put like an apostrophe, apostrophe on it? If there was an s at the pronounce end, it as the question. Yeah, rock shockses. You just say it really fast and move on. Rock shocks. Rock shocks. Rock shocks. Just throwing it out there because you know there's going to be 20 people that comment. It's rock shock. No, it's rock shocks. It's rock shocks. It's rock shock. <laughs> I think it's rock shocks. Because no one they, is in agreement because they make shocks more yeah, than that's, one. That's yeah, I agree. More than one shock. Speaking of shocks, they have recently released some new stuff: a new boxer downhill fork, which mm-hmm. is I don't know, very refined. It looks mm. really cool. I actually like downhill ain't dead. It looks uh, sick. Downhill ain't dead. I actually like a lot of the new design aesthetic of all that rock yeah. shock stuff, like I how too. how like stealth bomber and CNC'd out all the crowns are and everything. It just looks really looks, good. Uh, more, more mean. Yeah. More sharp angles. Yeah. It looks premium. It looks Moss. expensive. Yeah. And it is expensive, so it should look it. Yep. Know, looks good. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. I like it. New boxer Charger three. Downhill yeah. Charger three. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um thirty eight stanchions instead of thirty five. Yeah. Has wow. buttercups. 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 Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, the past boxer worked really well. Um, I don't think any of us are going to ride this new one because we don't have downhill bikes. I do. You have a downhill bike. <laughs> I have a downhill bike. Yeah. And he's got a boxer on it. And I have an old boxer on it. You going to put the new one on there? Maybe if Sam sends me one. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, he ain't paying. But uh, I, ain't paying. I don't I don't ride it enough to like keep that thing super updated. Like, no. Unfortunately. It works. It works. Does the job. Very fine. And I'm not a big rider. So 35 <laughs> stanchions might... Actually, be better for me. A competitive downhill <laughs> racer, maybe. Oh, should you I go not for say that? Boxer. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say that. Yeah, isn't the new one a little bit heavier too? I mean, obviously, it's I got think it new, is. Yeah, but not by much. I don't think. I think the buttercups actually add some weight. They add some mm. nice ride feel, but mm. you know, yeah. ride feel weight. Also, the thicker stanchions and probably yeah. thicker walls in the stanchions. Probably still lighter than a Fox Forty. Most likely, well, but not, not that positive. it matters that much since a lot of people win World Cups on that fork. So, yeah, and a true. lot of people are adding weight to the downhill bikes nowadays as well. Yeah. Especially if you're built like Jeff or I. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy. 500 gram of lead weight in the bottom of your bike. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny that the elite level downhill racers and what they're doing to their bikes and how they ride them and all their setup is 
it's pretty far away from what most everyone else on the planet's doing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like getting in your 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 BMW 325 and trying to optimize it to what F1 racers are doing to their F1 cars. It's, like <laughs> yeah, just, pretty it's not really in the same world, yeah. but people definitely um, still do that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe like your M3, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, M- yeah. M3 to make yeah. it a F1 fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So different world. But what's yeah. more in the world that we will be riding uh, soon enough here is the new SID stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. So new SID forks and new, SID shock. New SID family. New SID shock, SID too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Updated SID shock. Updated SID shock. Yeah. Oh, it's all updated. And it's all updated. Mm. The forks, it's not all new, right? Sometimes they call it all uh, no, new no. and it's like a whole redesign. But redesign from the chassis up. Yeah. Um, but they just did like Looks new. nearly identical. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah, works slightly better, we promise. The SID is a bit more of like a... A redesign. The uppers, the crown is different. Yeah, it does look a bit it's different. It's more machined. Yeah. Lowers are uh, the same, right? Maybe. Same looking. Same there looking. probably some type of incompatibility they, difference, but yeah. <laughs> there's it almost looked a little step casty. Didn't oh, it have yeah. like a little in my they they try to shave some weight they won't on say it. that because yeah. that's a fox word. Yeah, they but. shave some weight on it. Um <laughs> it is now it's it's now I believe a touch lighter than the Fox Stepcast 34. Mm-hmm. That's the SID Ultimate I'm talking about, the 35 stanchion 120 travel SID. Uh, previously, Fox got under the SID weight by I don't know 30 or 50 grams, and now SID just tucked under that weight by I didn't look exact, but like very minimal 20 grams or so. Huge, um, you know, a race yeah. for the lightest fork. Yep. But more importantly on the forks, uh, new dampers, Race Day 2 damper, which has two options. Well, actually four options technically. There is a three-position damper, so you can have your pedal middle firm, um, which I think is kind of a welcomed improvement from the old SID stuff where it was just two-position. pedal middle firm? Do you mean open, open pedal, pedal firm? firm? Yeah, you're correct. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of them all. Three positions. Three positions. Three positions. Most, most open, middle open, less open. <laughs> uh, open, soft, middle, closed. Stiffer. Stiffest. Stiffest. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'd call it. Um, <laughs> it's a relevant setting for a fork such as that. Oh, I, right. I honestly love the that, SID setup that I've been riding on that Revel Ranger for a long time now. And yeah. I'm glad it has sort of some reworked dampers because I love how those forks work, how they look, how they're how stiff they are, how light they are in comparison to all that. Works amazing on a downcountry bike. But could it be a touch more plush feeling and feel like a, you know, a lyric or a zeb or a boxer closer that direction in terms of plushness? Yes, it could. And that will be nice. Yeah, so they also did some tuning to the air chambers, air side as well, things something like 50% more negative, 10 or 15% more positive, whatever those numbers mean, um, should translate to a little bit more plush ride, as Jeff was uh, mentioning. And then, yeah, there's still two-position lockout, like the current SID stuff. So that's just going to be your open and basically lock uh, one or the other. Um, and both damper options, three-position and two-position, have a crown adjustment or a remote adjustment Shall you want either? Is the remote wireless and electronic? It is not. However, Nino's racing that, so that might be coming next year. Flight attendant for SID and like short travel stuff, which I think is super relevant, probably more relevant than 
when they released it for enduro bikes, but... Yeah, I mean, being able to lock out your fork and shock wirelessly on the fly with a click of a button is most relevant to XC yeah. racers of all kinds. Well, even myself, like, I, would, I wouldn't mind having a little bit of that adjustment, but I'm not adding cables and, like, grip shift to my bike. Yeah. yeah That's just definitely. not happening, you know? Hmm. So if it's on a... Uh, controlled by the new controller pod and Ooh. I can just click a button and I'm locked or in middle and go. I can just rip up a trail and then click it again like a dropper post. Like, could we get the cool. other cool thing is if it was connected to your dropper. Mm. Your dropper's up, it's in this mode. Your dropper's down, it's in this mode and you can manually override it. Mm. Yeah, they're definitely going to do that. Could be cool too. Just think about it. If it's all in the ecosystem, yeah, yeah exactly going to do that. They could even tie it into your cassette too. Like if you're in a faster gear, um, I don't know if that would work as well. Yeah, but depending might... on the use case, just give everyone the option. All it is yeah. is little taps of buttons at yeah. that point. Yeah, so, and then same thing, the rear shock. Um, I don't think too much has changed, except they made the dampers updated and matched the fork. So they have a three-position, two-position uh, manual ju- adjustment or a remote adjustment. So, hmm. yeah. I'm looking forward to trying that stuff because, like I said, on that Rebel Ranger, which 120 mil in the front, 115 in the back, it's got the SID on the front and rear. I really like that stuff. Yeah. And I just like that type of bike. Like, that's a really fun what do, what do they call it? Light trail bike. I really enjoy that. Yep. I wonder why you even offer a two position and a three position. Like, well, yeah. what's the benefit? Of There's probably people that are in the middle all the time. I'd say it probably came from the race teams. Okay. Um, and I probably say the race, the three position came from like Nino and the Scott team. Cause Scott's had their own tamper with three position for a super long time. Like hmm. even when I raced Scott bikes, 2015, 2016, like, they had their own remote lockout three-position system, which was, like, way better than anything else at the time, like Fox or RockShox made. Like, they tuned their own damper for it. Hmm. Um, so I'm guessing Nino didn't want to run open or lock because that middle mode's super convenient in, like, an actual XC race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I wonder even why I offered the two-position if you already have the three. Because like- the racer next to Nino wants two. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Racer stuff. you could have those arguments about lots of mountain bike yeah. products and the features and which features are gimmicks and which ones are useful and which people actually use them and how many people don't. And Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it never hurts to have options, and the mountain bike world seems to love options because why not? Yeah. But I don't know. Everyone's different. Like, yeah. I I literally have never taken my SID fork or shock other than open. I just leave it open. Even, like, going up the black blacktop hill? Yeah. Don't like it? All right. Don't huh? care. Don't mind. Bike's still so efficient and fast as is that I don't know. I just don't see it as an issue and I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, so. I just do it on road, like pure road stuff. I yeah, same. Lock it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't really ride that much road on your mountain bike. Not really. Pretty yeah. rarely. But yeah. yeah, like Downingville Climb, I locked out my rear shock. It was nice. Put it in the middle mode for the kind of the pedally stuff. Left it open from there all the way down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I also think to me as well, like in an you know, I'm not racing, so I just don't really want to mess with it. And I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to add another thing to think about. And everyone's been on the rides a dozen oh, times yeah. where you're yeah. with people that are like, <laughs> get to the bottom of the down. And like, I forgot to unlock my shock. Oh, I forgot yeah. to unlock my fork. Like always people are doing that. It's like, just leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> just ride the bike and yeah. have a good time. I mean, that's my opinion, man. Yeah. Well, some but, bikes uh, don't yeah. pedal it so good, right? Where that's you kind of need that switch to compensate for like yeah. a poor design or, you know, not as good of a shock tune or whatever. But speaking of racing, I mean, 
Are you going to be locking your bike out when you do this sweet adventure race? I don't think he's so. Gonna so. He's going to be so delusional. He won't even know what a lockout is. Yeah, you'd be the guy at the bottom like, I forgot to unlock it, man. <laughs> yeah. Talk about not needing more things to think about. This yeah, is the race for that. Absolutely. So I got into adventure racing in 2021. A friend of a friend spun up a little adventure race team, and we did a 36-hour race that went from Mammoth to Bishop. Uh, it was awesome. Combined a uh, good, good amount of kayaking, mountain biking, trail running, hiking over the 36 hours. It's actually really fun. So adventure racing is all uh, map and compass navigation, no electronics of any kind allowed. And that makes the whole thing really interesting and entertaining. And that race, uh, we we're actually probably, we we're definitely the fastest team on mountain bikes because we're all you know, good mountain bikers, but we got lost navigating in the middle of the night <laughs> and burned about three hours and uh, finished back lower pack. Uh, yeah, so that was that was a good time. But we all laughed and had a lot of fun. Um, this next one I said yes to, which maybe I shouldn't have, is an 80-hour one, uh, which is also in Breckenridge. So it's in Breckenridge, Colorado. Most Almost the whole Whoa, race. I didn't know it was 80 hours. Yeah, it's 80 hours From long. 36 to 80, that's... Yeah, it's a big... I thought it was like 48 or 70. <laughs> yeah. like, whoa. What is that, like three days? For, like, yeah, it's over yeah, three days is like 72 three hours. Days. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's insane. It's it's 80 hours. Um, yeah, no no electronics, no phone, nothing. Uh, it's It ends up being about uh, 240 miles between all the different disciplines. So I'll, I'll give you the quick rundown. Uh, five mile... Five mile trek, 20 mile paddle, 26 mile trek, 35 mile bike, 27 mile trek, 30 mile bike, 14 mile trek, 55 mile bike, 24 mile trek. Um, one wow. of the one of the bike legs, the 30 mile bike leg, uh, apparently has the highest checkpoint of any adventure race uh, on a bike, which is like 13,200 feet. Most of the entire race is above 10,000 feet. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I think I might have bit off more than I could chew saying yes to this thing. And even just the preparation, like all the different gear. And, you know, the other weekend we were practicing transitions. You got to like immediately take your shoes off and powder your feet. And like there's just a lot that goes into these things um, to just wow. – it's it's funny because it's kind of a human durability test. Totally. It's like how long how long can you survive out there? How do you paddle uh, well, 20 miles? Like a lot of that – river or like what? It's a lake, yeah. It's a lake? Twin Lakes, yeah, just south of Leadville. Wow. A yeah. lot of that stuff too is more like a race of attrition and just like how well can you fuel your body for that long and not yeah. like – get stuff like blisters or oh, yeah you know, yeah that's where just, the durability yeah. thing comes in yeah for yeah. sure it's adventure racing too is confusing because the technically to to finish the race you just have to hit the transition areas but uh in between every transition area is several checkpoints so the checkpoints are worth points and some are worth more points than others so you have to it, it's very strategic and takes a lot of just thought and all this stuff because you have to think okay do we want to just um, so your, your, your placement is based off of your time, which means your, your time is just how, you know, hit all the transitions, got to the finish line, but plus your points from your checkpoints. So you actually have no idea what place you're in during the race. Cause you yeah. have no idea if the team in front or behind you got the same checkpoints or didn't as you. Hmm. And so then you have to decide like, well, do we want to get these checkpoints that are worth more points? Do we want to skip those ones? Uh, do we want to try and get them for the first half of the race until we're delirious and then just try and suffer through and hit the transition areas and get to the finish line. So you have to make all of these decisions and, and weather and broken bikes and people's feet deteriorating, all that stuff plays into those decisions. So um, yeah, and it's a pretty wild in situation. August is volatile for thunderstorms yeah, and weather. Big time. And yeah. <laughs> so this, I mean, 
This race it's, is August 3rd to the 6th. I think this podcast might come out slightly after that, so maybe I'll be alive or I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you guys are strong mountain bikers, it's like, oh, why don't we hit all the checkpoints for the mountain biking type yep. of deal and then maybe see how we're doing on the, the trek. And the, dude, those treks are long. And yeah, trek is like That's a lot of miles. Are you fast walking? Are you slight jogging? Or are you just trekking? You're just I think I mean so the it all kind of just depends on the team, right? So if everyone's feeling good, you're you're moving at a fast pace. And depending on elevation, you're moving at a fast pace, depending on weather and terrain. Um, or if you're feeling terrible, you're just slogging those things. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you're eating too, right? So you'll hit a transition area, you'll take all your bike gear off, you'll transition into your trekking stuff, you'll do your mapping, you'll head out, you'll start following your compass and your map while you're eating a freeze-dried meal. And then once you finish that, then you'll probably start going at a faster pace. So yeah, I don't know. I'm obviously never done one this long. The the guy I'm doing it with, Greg, he's done one race that was a five-day. He did a five-day one in Croatia Holy. just this March, huh. and it rained on him like the entire did, time. Did they oh. also cover every inch of Croatia? <laughs> it's not a pretty big country, amount. Right? Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah so he did a five-day one. He sleep- survived that and loved it. So I You're taking know. a bivy? Are you sleeping for a little bit? Like No, it's- bivy, just put a mosquito just net over your head and lay down. Cowboy camp? and Cowboy it up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So... Wow. Yeah. Just like whenever you can or probably during a trek or something. Yeah, it's kind of, I think that our plan was like, we're, we're not competitive at this point. So <laughs> we're just going to try and survive and do our best and have the most fun of any team out there. And I think we're going to try and just, you know, maybe get an hour or two of sleep when it's dark. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not. I don't well, know. Also, also depends on if you can get sleep, right? Based yeah. on the weather and, and uh, where you are. Jeff's team news. You started this as a three-person team, right? Started as four. Four. So the one we did in yeah, uh, yeah, Mammoth it was supposed was, to be last four. year. Yeah. Yeah. Last year we were going to do this and it got postponed to this year. We had a team of four. Then it went to three because uh, Dominic, he's having a kid July 30th right before the race. So oh. that's not that's not happening. <laughs> um, and then so then it was three people. And then uh, Angerman, the other guy on the team, he just broke a rib in Whistler. Whoa. But I don't think he's fully said he's out he well, can't if, get a refund at this point if it's I, th- I thought you said he broke his arm if he just no, broke a rib. rib oh like you got you got three weeks anger man you can power through that he thinks he's gonna do that so I, that's I, like he just hasn't committed to not going or going at yeah, this point that's tough that's like half the recovery so might time be, probably of yeah a broken rib, right? totally I mean, there might be two of us there might be three of us <laughs> i know <laughs> it might just be greg and i out there <laughs> for 80 hours man. that's yeah. wild wow. all right well I'm looking forward to that's it. Jeff's, I'll update everyone yeah, on the podcast. Jeff's adventure. Yeah, I, lo- I honestly that first one I did was was so much fun, and I don't know. To me, it's like a very unique, interesting sport because it takes a lot more intellect to pull the whole thing off, and strategy. And there's so many variables. It's it's about durability. It's about fitness. It's about strategy. There's a lot to it, and yeah. Yeah, it's really entertaining. It's, and it's like new the amazing fun, race, yeah. but uh, for real. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Not televised and uh, uh, with with camera crews and safety people. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and I imagine navigating uh, in the dark is probably challenging. It's pretty tough. Yeah, we practiced that a lot last weekend. So nice. that's where we really botched ourselves the first <laughs> race we did. <laughs> that's what I was. It's say. so it's hard like, to I'm, keep track of yourself. At you're night. like, okay, well, I can't see anything. Yeah. So like, where's a road or a turn off or well, whatever? You're not like, on you're, roads. You're just following your well, compass. right trail or whatever. You have, to, you have to know where you are on the map at all times. And if you lose that, then you have to know roughly where you are. And then you take a bearing until you just go in a straight line until you hit some <laughs> landmark and then realize where you are. And then just have to pay 
pay attention to which direction every trail's running and yeah it, it takes awesome. a lot of technique but that's yeah. what makes it fun too so that's awesome know, it's gonna be a good time looking forward to it sounds like a blast yeah i agree hopefully <laughs> sounds like a blast <laughs> yeah it does honestly uh, yeah, i think like i'd like fun. the training for this more than the actual event like, let's go and do yeah. a hard day on the bike and then a hard hike maybe a paddle and then go home and sleep in my own bed. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, right. so I've been putting in what, what I uh, watched you do before you did Belgian Waffle Ride. You were putting in, what, like two weekends in a row, 120-mile rides. I was like, and you're yeah. like, I'm putting in panic miles. I was like, yeah, that's what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been doing lately. Yep. It's putting in panic miles and, and trying to just get as much time on the bike and on my feet as I can in preparation for this thing. So we'll wow. see. Should be good. And that's in a week. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, in a week from now. Wow. Yeah. So let's cool. hit Daniel's fun fact. New segment of the show. It's Ooh. called Daniel's fun fact. I love We're gonna that. We're going to do it right we, before listener questions. We've done one before. Perfect. One or two before. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is new a segment. <laughs> yeah. New segment. <laughs> yeah. New segment. It's a new segment. Daniel's fun fact. You can eat at a new restaurant for three meals a day every day for 22.7 years in New York City. Pretty impressive. I think that, that includes all the boroughs. I don't know how many there That's are. Our Four Daniel, or five, right? That's yeah. our Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, our yeah, head warehouse that. hamster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy, the gentleman, the smiling bearded man who ships out a lot of packages and manages a lot of the logistics, or pretty much all the logistics in the California store. That's his fun fact. Yeah. You know, right. now, Daniel's wonder, the man. I want to know how many of those restaurants in New York City have under a B rating, oh. you know, for cleanliness, the health department. Yeah, gnarly. Like, I'm sure there's a handful of those that have rats and cockroaches that are C's, and you don't want to eat there. So I might drop that to like, you know, mm, 18 years. I bet there's more than a handful of those, <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering how much it'll cost you. I mean, like, you know, gosh, it's got to be a lot to yeah. eat at a new restaurant every day for 22 years. Ask, I mean. ask Jeff what his food budget is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds like actually kind of like what you do, Jeff. Yeah. He's, an, he's a habit guy, though. He's yeah. in new ones. Well, I know, but that would be great. I mean. Yeah, for me, it's about efficiency. <laughs> Find optimal nutrition at various nearby restaurants and eat there <laughs> in the same thing, the same thing every time. Oh, oh yeah. unreal. All right, let's do this first question. All right. Sounds good. These guys sound like they're in for a good one. Oh, yeah, totally. Hey, guys. First time, long time. My buddy and I are preparing for an <laughs> Enduro Everest, 8,900 meters in a day. We are, that's that's of climbing, to be specific. We're living in Squamish and both on alloy Enduro bikes, fully geared for downhill riding, double down tires, coil shock, etc. The plan is to convert the bike into a climbing-friendly flavor. There are many places to save weight. Cranks, fork, tires, wheels, shock, etc. If you guys, starting from an aluminum enduro build, call it SLX, Fox 38, etc., wanted to turn the bike into a climbing machine, what upgrades would you make? Budget of $2,000. Riding rowdiest trails and wouldn't want to flat after riding for 18 hours. Whew. So it's 29,000 feet of climbing in a day. Have you ever done that? Seems like something you'd like to do. I've not ever rested. <laughs> I mean, it was popular during COVID and I... Definitely yeah, everyone thought was about doing it. it then, huh? Uh, Jack Nosco did it on the blacktop in Sycamore. Did he really? Yeah, he did it like, well, it's like 600 feet. Yeah, so he did it like 41 times or something like that. Whoa. Yeah. Geez. That's a gnarly. Uh, wow. Um, the same hill up and down. Well, yeah. that one guy, uh, Dialed Health, did it on the uh, Deer Creek. On Deer Creek, yeah. Wasn't that a double Everest? He too? double Everest to Deer Creek. Dude, it was something like wow. 26 hours. So gnarly. Yeah. Deer Creek is a big, steep, windy canyon road in Malibu. Yeah. Like the steepest, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for this guy. I have not done it. Climbing, 
uh, upgrades to your bike. I mean, 2000 is a kind of a big budget, but I feel like you're like, I don't know. You don't, you almost don't want to do too much for it. Cause you cannot come be able to ride downhill. Right. And Squamish and stuff. Yeah. It's a tough question. Cause of like, you're kind of just using the wrong bike for the use case. Yeah, Unless they're I would, pedaling up stuff and then planning to ride down um, the enduro trails. And yeah, that's what it sounds like. Kind of sure, right. it sounds like what they're doing. What's the guy's name? I'm sure this guy's heard of uh, the New Zealand dude. I can't remember oh, his yeah. name right now. Yeah. Ben or... Yeah, Ben something. Yeah, um, Hildred. Ben, ben Hildred. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's probably where they got the inspiration Yeah, from. and I would probably yeah, look at his it. his uh, bike check. Yeah, but he had I like think, flat pedals and double down tires and stuff too. No, right? he does like... I think he had on like a... Recon recon tire combo. Hmm. Um, they make a recon EXO plus rear tire. Like really? you could run for a rear tire, run that with maybe a small little insert. So you get enough weight savings from the tire, rolling resistance from the lower tread. Um, that would be my definitely upgrade. You can maybe go for wheels and go for like you know some mid weight trail That's wheels. Expensive if they have. Yeah, but they got a budget of two budget. grand. I mean, you get a lightweight wheel set and like, some tires like. Some some hunt alloy yeah, that, wheels that would be nice but i mean you got to uh, their budget they're going to want fresh tires fresh sealant yeah. fresh brake pads so mm. that's one thing that their budget needs to go to right away mm. yeah but the the hunt wheels i think hunt sells direct but they make some alloy xc wheels that are maybe 6 or 700 dollars mm-hmm. that have a wide internal that can easily get those in a set of recon exo plus tires maybe a dissector front recon rear like yeah, I was roll say faster so. than a asagai DHR that they're most likely running or something similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. dissector. It's kind of like all I would do. Yeah, and then just I send mean, it on the bike. And then, you're familiar and then send with send it. Yeah, they could get it. an air shock. I mean, yeah, air shock would be good too. Yeah, uh, like over a coil, float yeah. X or something like yeah. that. Um, and if you really want to get techie, maybe a high end cassette like over SLX. Oh yeah, there you go. Save a bit of weight there. Yeah, um, and that's rotating weight. So. Yeah. I would put my money in rotating weight and leave the rest of your bike mostly the same. Mm-hmm. And freshen it up. So you got fresh freshen tires up, and brake yeah. pads and not have to worry about that stuff. For sure. Chain, things like that. And well, uh, gentlemen. Good luck to you. Good luck. Keep us posted. <laughs> yeah. Reply back and let us know how Seriously. it goes. And we will get to the next listener question after I refill my drink. And an ad. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hello, Jeff here. I wanted to quickly ask you all for a favor. If you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, you know that we own the apparel brand Kettle Mountain. We have been working extremely hard to create premium level mountain bike apparel with a very clean and minimal aesthetic while still keeping features and fabrics as technical and practical as absolute possible. It would mean the world to us if you could check out the Kettle Mountain website. If you get there, feel free to snag 25% off your entire order with the code PODCAST25. The code is open and active for all podcast listeners. That's K-E-T-L-M-T-N dot com. And the code is P-O-D-C-A-S-T-2-5. By the way, we have an amazing mountain bike bib. It's our all-time favorite product amongst mountain bikers that has three properly positioned and placed and working pockets on the rear of the bib, a really good Italian-made chamois, and it's just a good piece for your mountain bike kit. Check it out. Just Google up K-E-T-L. Thanks, guys. And now, back to the show. Mm. Only person that can contact me on work mode is this guy. Wow. Not even you. <laughs> wow. Nice. Not, I am not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> well, I figure if I don't answer you, nothing will happen. If I don't work answer mode. him, I might get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> work mode focus modes on Apple iPhone. Yeah. Tune into our other podcast where we talk about tech. We'll see you later. Is anyone going to be at Snowshoe this year? Well, uh, I'm assuming this question is regarding the Snowshoe World Cup because they have a yes. mountain bike World Cup 
in Snowshoe in September or October? It is end of September, end of September. early October. Oh, yeah. wow. That's I, awesome. think it's, I think <laughs> it's like the 29th through 2nd or something like that. Yeah. I, I went to it last year, and I had a ton of fun. It was an amazing race to watch. It's a uh, beautiful area and in West Virginia. West Virginia. Uh, yeah, gorgeous area, awesome place. The track was crazy. Uh, I watched Luca Bruni and Greg Menard crash right in front of me. I mean, you get to see <laughs> the best riders in the world crash and then then somehow just like rip through the same section in a race run and not crash. And it's just, it's really cool. If you haven't been to a World Cup mountain bike race, of whether it's XC or downhill, it's amazing to go watch. So I would highly recommend it. And that's the only one they have in the United States at least as of now. They had it last year, they have it this year. I'm not making it this year, but Liam is. Mm, I nice. will be going. Sick. Yeah. Wow. I've Spectate never been. and cheer. Spectate, cheer, hang out, um, get beers bought for me. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're hot chick. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll put there, out. There was, <laughs> there was some crazy shenanigans going on uh on the side of that world oh, Cup sure. yeah, the crowd looks insane the crowd was yeah. crazy wow. yeah there's people just going hard as out there wow there was a the funniest thing i saw out there uh a, a group of friends men and women mind you uh i think there was probably about six of them fully dressed up as oompa loompas <laughs> all with instruments like drum cymbals no and, and a trumpet and uh, they were just on the side of the course, just like wailing on these instruments. Nice. <laughs> Fully dressed up as Oompa Loompa. Crazy. It was hilarious. Like face painted, everything. It was the green hair. It was so funny. Good for them. That sounds like a great time. So it is an awesome yeah. time. I'm, yeah. It's I'm not excited. Like I've never the been highlight there. of America. Like it's kind of like a NASCAR race a for little sure. bit in a sense, but um, no, that's fun. It's that's, just that's part of the crowd. Good people, man. It's that's good, good people. Culture. It's always so much fun. Yeah. You know? It's a great race to watch. I'd rather do that than go to like a tennis match and everybody's just like, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I wish they had them. I know it's logistically very challenging to to do all of this. Like, yeah, it's on the other side of the country um, from us. I would. I'm just saying, I would love it if there was some on the West Coast. Like a World Cup on the West yeah. Coast would be we, so. You sick. also need the it terrain cool. for it, right? I mean, I, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking like, where would you tell me the Sierra Nevadas don't have the terrain for a World Cup or the Rockies? I mean, they had one in Durango years ago. When that was, uh, was they, that had, they had several out here. They I used to have them at Big Bear. I think yeah. Big Bear had World Cups. They did, yeah. but that was before like they found all these better places to have them. <laughs> <laughs> it's less about the train and more about the UCI and their weird stipulations and venues that well, bid on them. I, and venues I was going to say like, it's the right amount of lodging. It's, super it's weird. Yeah, it's lodging. It's, you know, yeah. space for all the factory rigs. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah, of weird bidding. Stuff and they have to be steep too. Like, I don't think... There's much tracks in, you know, California, Sierra Nevada mountain range, or even in Colorado that are like that steep for that long. Yeah. Or maybe Mammoth. I don't know. I, I even think they say the snowshoe ones, like the less, the least steep out of all the World Cup tracks. Yeah. Um, it's pretty steep. It's just not that long. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a super fun race to go to. Um, but I'm yeah. excited. I'll be there. Anyways, Lee will be there. So see you there. Sick. So next question. I'll answer this one. Nice. No problem. Since Jeff has mentioned his flat bar gravel bike on the podcast a bunch of times, would you recommend sizing up on a gravel bike if you know you're planning to run them with flat bars since the reach is short? Or would you just go for a long stem? P.S. Bean the Cat rules. You added that, didn't you, I Jared? did not add it. You're looking at it right now. You know I did not add <laughs> I don't, it. I don't even, uh, you make this dog. 
Jared. <laughs> oh, we'll get out of here. Sneakily. I did not. I just added that because it was added have from have, a listener. Have to have being in a podcast. Go ahead, Jeff. And, uh, this. you know, <laughs> I got to give credit where credit's due. The listener is a big fan. <laughs> of your cat. Yeah. Uh, the the problem with gravel bikes and flat bars is you're exactly right. The The reach is way shorter. Uh, for me, it's it's a matter of uh, my diminutive figure. I'm not very tall, so I would I would like to ride a gravel bike that had a 470 reach with a 32 mil stem, just like my mountain bike. But you did but have a big I'm, stem or a long stem. I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I would want to ride a gravel bike that had the same reach as a mountain bike, so right. 470, um, and then put a 32 mil stem on it. So like mountain bike right. wise, I like a 470 reach, 32 mil stem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be cool to recreate on some type of gravel bike if you're putting flat bars on it, but it's not realistic for me at least because i mean what size is the seat tube of a gravel bike that when the reach is 470 i don't even think reaches get that long they don't even get that long yeah the bikes are just sized so differently so but the other thing that you have to think about is they're sized to run a 40 to 46 mil bar yeah with a long stem you bring that stem back for a flat bar and then you put wider you know let's say 740 and up bars, your position is actually not much different. So I'd say probably pretty similar, maybe size up if you're on the cusp, but like... You kind of can't get the same reach that you might prefer no. on a mountain bike. Like that's that's not feasible. No, I'm just going to go pull one up real quick. Oh, well, yeah, the, we can the carry geo's just The geo is just totally different. So you can try and get close, but the, the biggest factor there is the C-tubes and, and the bike's just not being long enough because it's just a different bike, so they're not going to be long enough. So on that salsa that I had, that cutthroat, um, I had a, what did I have, a 60 mil stem on it? You had that? a 60 stem on it. 60 that. mil stem on it, yeah. And what which, size did you have the bike itself? It was a uh, 54, 56. Okay, 56. so you sized 56. up from like what you would traditionally I got as big as I could physically fit on, basically, and okay. have a 100 mil dropper post. So my post had <laughs> three millimeters of... Yeah, it was like slammed. It was basically slammed, and it was a 100 mil travel dropper post, and it was mm-hmm. the biggest bike I could fit on. Yeah, and the reach just, was still considerably shorter than what my reach is on my mountain bike. Yeah, so just, different bike. This out, like, just for reference, bit, yeah. Yeah. Revel Rover size large is a 415 mil reach. Wow. Yeah, completely different. The XXL yeah. is a 433 reach. Interesting. Yeah, but, so gravel bike reaches and mountain bike reaches, you just can't yeah. really compare them. But that seat tube length on the XXL is 580 millimeters. An equivalent mountain bike in a size large would be like, I think it's like four. 10 420 millimeters for a seat tube length hmm. so you're taking up all of your dropper post height yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it so. also goes into the fact that gravel bikes are not made to have flat bars on them um that was a weird thing that i did i thought it was awesome and fun and i didn't really care that the reach was kind of oddly short kind of helped me sit up right which is nice for my back and i don't know i thought it was fine like if you put if you're putting flat bars on to begin with you're not really worried about being tucked over an arrow right so yeah at that point yeah anyways but it also it also does put you in that situation of well why not just get a hardtail mountain bike with mountain bike geo totally and build it really light which was i don't know i had some sort of weird hodgepodge in between a lightweight mountain bike hardtail and a gravel bike which i thought was fun but then again i think pretty much all bikes are fun yeah so they are wrong they kind of are yeah, they kind of are. Yeah, they kind of are. 
Case in point, that uh, e-bike commuter I've got, and it's a blast. Exactly. And you were hooting and hollering, riding that thing around. It like, oh my so, god, this thing's crazy. That thing is so dangerous. It's a step through. It's a step through. It's so a venton or a venton or whatever. Yeah. Random yeah. brand. I know. And you just like not let, let endorse or recommend this brand. You let go of the bars, and this, they just go like this. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. The geo is awful. Like the way whatever the they did with the, the offset the and the rake and the yeah. trail, that fork. Yeah, the thing is just so squirrely. So horrendous and it you don't need to pedal it has a throttle oh i mean it's dangerous it's straight up dangerous and you have it because your mom gave it to you because she she crashed it it. yeah and what and broke ribs or something she broke her ribs yeah Yeah. and she never wants to ride it again like reasonably so i wouldn't so why we don't endorse those sketchy bikes but it's fine if you ride it or i ride it around the shop and it's funny but i know and i'm like over there like riding the store like carving and stuff 50 plus woman buys it it's not funny because they crash and hurt themselves and i hacked it so you can go uh, the motor assists <laughs> over 30 miles an hour now, which is pretty oh, cool. Man. Yeah. So I'm over there, like all these girl, like 13 year old girls riding their scooters around. And I'm like, pretty sure you need like a, you need like an M2 license. For that technical <laughs> yeah. And, and no, I'm class. I'm, M I license. think you actually do. If you hack it to go over that, that's why it's hacked to that point. Yeah. yeah it might be. Yeah. I'm not, I'm you not saying. class M license of it as a throttle. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to snitch on you. I don't believe in that, but yeah, I know. I'm saying that's why that governor's too. there. You ain't no snitch. <laughs> Oh, Speaking man. of being a snitch, this yeah. question is kind of kind of could be right? right. Read it out. Where and when would you land if you could be a fly on the wall? That's pretty cool, you know. Pretty cool to think about. Um, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be kind of cool to be a fly on the wall in like some top secret like World War II meeting, you know, or like when they're talking about like D Day and stuff like that. I feel like it'd be kind of cool, you know, hear yeah. hear what they're talking about, or like you know. Something like that. Some, I don't know. World War II is kind of fascinating to me. I like that history. So Yeah. That would be cool to be there. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? Want me to answer? Yeah. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think about this one too thoroughly. No, I didn't either. The but, Fe- uh, Federighi's office. <laughs> Greg Federighi's. <laughs> uh, honestly, one of the things I did think about was I, I would like to uh, be a fly on the wall around tim cook or jeff bezos or Mm. some ceo of some monstrous technology company yeah when they're when they're really just being fully authentic not when they're being pc not at the press conference not even at the board meeting i want like the them ranting about something to their best friend (laughs) yeah i want to be the fly on the wall there because there's just there's there i just feel they must be so different in their actual mentality and their focus and the things they know and the things that they're worried about and the things they care about things that they're aiming for realistically versus publicly what they say for sure so i don't know as a business guy i think it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall and listen to that stuff we could probably like make that happen you know, if you, I don't you, know just gotta, you just got to befriend I'm, a fellow CEO, you know, Bezos, and then you're in. And then you can you just got to like, slowly work your way up the ladder. Yeah. Just find someone who runs a hundred million dollar company and then a 500 and then a billion and then, then a two billion. And then eventually we'll get to three trillion and we can talk to Tim Cook. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work on that. And then you'll yeah. be like but on his if, yacht sipping if we cocktails. Could, he, and wouldn't, then... he wouldn't be honest. You That's not I mean? true. Like I would need to befriend him for years oh. and then have him be hammered and then just go <laughs> off, you know, like we stole this from Windows, we stole <laughs> this from Android. I don't care about any of this. That's true. Uh, man. You know, like I just want, I just want that experience. Yeah. In vino veritas, that's what they say. What is that? that means in wine, there is truth. Hmm. That is old Roman saying. Really? I never yeah. read that one. That means when Thanks you're drunk, you speak the truth, which yeah, is true. You know, true. Yeah. 
I actually have some friends who prefer to get uh, in job interviews. Like there's there's a two stage interview. Stage two, if you make it there, they they want people to be drunk. <laughs> that's yeah. It's Hollis and Lovett, you know. That's exactly. I mean, that's yeah, why. They literally, yeah. they want like when their job interviews are like, well, we gotta get the guy drunk because well, that's where the true self and, comes uh, out. Wow. Yeah, that book's doing fire. They take uh, like I think it's Navy SEALs. They take the whole like crew out get them all hammered before the deployment whoa and any issues within that group are going to come out that night yeah someone has a problem with each other like that's true you know they're all going to get hammered and figure it out yeah (laughs) that's wild it's an interesting thought nice um i kind of have the same thought of like it'd be like a fly on the wall when like elon's like i'm gonna change the logo to x (laughs) or something like that like what is he but, but like like some type of situation like Jeff was thinking, and that's kind of what I thought of too, is like just be a fly on the wall and like, you know, a um, modern big thing is happening in like the tech world that's yeah. going to like, you know, shake up 500 million users or how or not 500 million. Yeah, but why did Google 5 million users? Alphabet. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's protect our shares so we can ensure we're billionaires forever even if our stock tanks. Hey, Larry, yeah, Sergey, let's do it. Let's be yeah. Alphabet instead of Google. Let's make dual class holder shares. Like, yeah, that kind of stuff. We're yep. going to call it the Cybertruck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be a fly in the wall when that was unveiled to like the whole, like all the employees yeah. who hadn't seen it yeah. and weren't in the design yeah, process. Like, I want to see the faces of thousands of Tesla employees when they first saw the Cybertruck. <laughs> or and Elon's like, this is it, guys. Yeah. I'm announcing it next week. And they're like, oh, my God. Or when they actually like, went back to their office, their friends are like, that thing's ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just fly buzzing around all day. Right. Oh, man. Nice. Well, how about the next question? Okay. Back on to the topic of mountain bikes. Back on mountain bikes. Thoughts on Geo designed for everyday rider versus pro-level riders. Interesting. It kind of goes back to what we were just talking about earlier about the F1 car and yeah. downhill racers. And, hmm. Yeah. Well. I think it's – there's two sides of that, right? Because it kind of does need to be different if you're riding at a very different speed and you have very different use cases and objectives with the bike, i.e. go as fast as possible under mm-hmm. the most talented rider in the world um, versus have fun on the weekends from a not – very talented yeah. in the world rider. Weekend warrior. Yeah, the, Weekend warrior. Mm-hmm. The difficult part is, I'd say downhill bikes might be an exception because. Yeah, yeah downhill bikes are kind of weird in this scenario. Yeah, like they, but every other bike, a company makes out of carbon. They have to invest that money. They, the pros are riding basically the same bikes we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sometimes the pros actually get the short end of the stick. Yeah, exactly. Like the brands like, are making bikes that make sense for seventy percent of people. Majority of yeah. mountain bikers, not for the pros. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is why I think Nico's program and even his trail bike that he's just unveiled is interesting because it's like this is the geo he personally wants for a trail bike, mm-hmm. not what you know whoever company is riding for is like. Yeah, okay, we've done all the tests and testing with our you know whatever normal test riders and this is what we we've got we made carbon molds now you tell us what you think of it and it's like i don't like it at all but it's in carbon so <laughs> yeah. it's no going back and kind of signing thing. my checks so. yeah. no yes, it's good sir yeah. yeah it's great um so yeah i mean that's cool i mean like nico's bike one thing i noticed about most pros especially like actual downhill pros they love long chain stays compared to the average rider hmm. like nico's chain stays 455 static on his bike it's quite long for a 480 reach mm-hmm yeah, but if you put those guys next to, you know, general riders, they could manual and pull that front oh, end yeah. up infinitely easier than For the sure. average rider could. Definitely. So I can't yeah, I have hard time mailing 
over like 445 chain stays. Their use case and their abilities are so different on a bike. Yep. I don't know. I think the industry by and large has done a pretty good job of saying, hey, these are the things that we've learned from the best racers in the world that yeah. makes sense to make our bikes do and behave and right. make the geo tailored to that and not take the things that are too crazy. Um, like the yeah, Grim, Grim Donut-esque type. Yeah, bikes. like the Grim Donut was an interesting project. Yeah, on and that. I think, yeah. I think but, Reach has hit a max point. I think some brands have even come back in Reach a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. um, on their newest iterations. So I think they went... We found the limit with that. And then if you look at pro enduro bar riders' bikes, I don't even think there's hardly any XLs in that field, even though many riders are over six foot. Mm-hmm. They're all riding mediums and larges. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's definitely something to be said for like, I don't know, the bikes that they're riding. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people see that and then they're like, well, if they're riding that and they're good, then, you know, translate that to me and I'll be good. I get that bike or not like that. Right. But like, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people just want what the pros ride. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people just want what the pros ride. A lot of people can't corner a medium sized bike on rails. We need the wheelbase to help us out. And they're also racing like hiking trails, awkward switchbacks in in Europe. Right. (laughs) Seriously. Which I mean, I get, you're going to want a smaller bike to maneuver that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess what it all really comes down to is like ride the bike and if you like it, then something yeah. more to it. It know? is tough these days because there's so many options out there and a lot of brands have done a good job of kind of taking feedback from racers and taking feedback from customers who pay full price and they're <laughs> very generally yeah. different abilities on the bike. Yeah. But I think it's actually come out pretty well. Like you, you don't see racers riding wildly different bikes than what are normally being sold or what we're riding. Like it just, yeah. it doesn't need to be that different. Yeah. Can be slight changes here and there, but it doesn't need to be worlds away. Yeah, I'd say if anything, they run like custom linkages to like adjust the kinematics for them, usually adding progression. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know. well, I mean, they're going so much faster. Yep. And they push their bikes so much harder than we ever can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. True. Nice. Well, this is a cool question. If you would fly to any one mountain bike festival in the United States, what would it be? Sedona? I have a flight credit and I'm trying to find a good MTB festival to go to in 2024. Hmm. Well, that's a good one. I have an answer. I really, would, I, I do what too. Do but mine's gonna be slightly outside the U.S. Oh, I think and we I might think be thinking the same thing. Crankworks. Crankworks. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Gosh, that's that's like a whole different beast, though. I think almost. I got it. Oh if yeah. If you want to watch some of the most insane mountain bike competitions ever, from the fastest racers to the craziest free riders, Crankworks, unbelievable festival, Whistler. Bike park, yeah, madness, funnest thing in the world. It's yeah, that probably is the best. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. Yeah, but but if uh, you are really staying in the confines of the U.S. and you want to do some good riding in some really cool, unique southwestern trains, Sedona is an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Albeit weather is a bit of a factor, yeah, which we, we experienced this year. We had that this year. Yeah, if you want to go to a big festival and look at a lot of parts and talk to brands and talk to engineers who design the stuff. Sea Otter. Yeah, yeah. But sea otter riding and surrounding riding is not it's, it's great. Terrible That's for the that. The problem. lodging is terrible at sea otter. The riding is terrible. It's all just it's oh, awful. Man, like, the hotel the I whole stayed situation in this year. is awful. Yeah, at sea otter brutal. For that. I mean, <laughs> just the image online was nothing like. I literally rolled up to it and was like, "This is not the same hotel that I booked. Like, not even close." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, hate it when that happens. I, I, I honestly like. 
I should have just rolled my van in front of the Rebel House and slept in it like I did last year because uh, yeah. it was a pretty bad hotel. Yeah, Sea Otter's a mess. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's at Laguna Seca, which is a car racetrack, so it kind of has to be and in the middle in of be, nowhere. In between Salinas and Monterey. Yeah. yeah. So you have and Salinas or Monterey to stay in. Salinas is terrible. And Monterey's Monterey overpriced. Is bougie and overpriced. And Can so. we get something in the middle? How about yeah, something it's with just, some mountain Yeah, Sea yeah. Otter's terrible. Like, the whole lodging and riding situation is awful at Sea Otter. If you can com- if you could combine almost the best elements of the Sedona Mountain Bike Fest and Sea Otter, yeah. does that would be awesome? Yeah, that's a cool place cool. to does ride. Does Bentonville have a cool I think festival? They, I think they do actually. Which no, they have a lot of races there, but I don't know if yeah. they have sort of a prominent festival yet. If There's also have... Outer Bike, which kind of moves around to different areas. Yeah, that's true. So Outer Bike, if you um, want to try a bunch of different bikes, would be a great idea. Yeah, for yeah. if Bentonville had a good festival, that would be my go-to. But I don't know if they do. So Sedona. Yeah, or I mean, if if Sea Otter was like, I know Santa Cruz would be like a horrible place to do that because just logistically it's a pretty congested city and not a lot of whole wide open spaces for that kind of stuff. There's not even legal trails. There's, Santa Cruz, there's not even legal like trails. I mean, that's just yeah, thing. asking for it. You think I mean, most people can make it down campus trails? No. I think we answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Next Fair one. Enough. Hey, Fair fellas. Enough. Just started to listen to the pod. It's very informative. I found a segment you talked about Whistler, and I think of planning a trip there next year. Can you do a segment about travel tips or flying in, car rental, hotel, et cetera, et cetera? Thanks for any tips. Yes, we absolutely can do that. And, well, first of all, they have a shuttle that goes from the airport to Whistler. Um, if you don't want to rent, well, you don't really even need a car in Whistler. Um, they have if a, you have a bike, yeah. right? Yeah, and they tons also, of lodging there. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much get lodging anytime by the village, yep. which is the base of the mountain where everyone hangs out at. Yep, and you can ride your bike and/or walk to it mm-hmm. based on all the lodging if you're not already right in it. Yep. So you don't really need to rent a car. <clears throat> they um, also have a rideshare app called Whistle. I used. Hmm. Um, it's basically like an Uber for Whistler, and uh, yeah, it works super well. Nice. Um, but yeah, you could even also stay like on the black home side, probably a little bit cheaper than staying like in the village. That's what I did when we were up there after you guys left. Yeah. I rented Airbnb on uh, the base of black home and it's literally, you know, trail in the ski hills right there. Um, and it's like a five or 10 minute walk over to the village. So yeah, probably a little bad. bit cheaper, but yeah, I would, if I would probably get a place close to the village, cause that's where a lot of your like dining is options and stuff like that are going to be entertainment yeah and then you could pedal to any trail or to the bike park or whatever yeah whistler's so well built out flying to vancouver yvr is the airport code (laughs) show up there with your bike (laughs) google whistler shuttle yeah and everything will pop up you know go from vancouver airport to whistler and Mm -hmm. do that there's tons of lodging whether it's you know airbnbs vacation rentals hotels um it's pretty dialed in it's pretty easy to go to whistler and have a good time and enjoy and yourself you not do, the cheapest but it's very definitely not cheap it's very easy if you do fancy to rent a car make sure the car rental place is at the airport <laughs> uh, what was that place that called i don't know we you made the mistake of roots roots rental yeah. car do not One go to star roots review from and, us uh did you actually do it no, no i don't take the time usually do unless it's like it wasn't actually horrendous like it was mediocre but it wasn't it, it was wasn't like, like we didn't get was... destroyed like the van drove us there and back yeah, well the check engine okay. light went on and it the transmission was going <laughs> <laughs> it was subpar but it, it was, wasn't it like was subpar it was... but it wasn't bad enough to where i was gonna bother leaving a review yeah. on them 
It was and like, man, this van is clapped out yeah. for the price. You know, uh, again, you gotta you gotta yeah. factor in price. Yeah. It, it wasn't, you, you it wasn't ha- con- when you review any product or service, don't forget the price you paid. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't convenient though, because you had to take a shuttle from the airport to the rental car place, and then get your car rental, which takes two hours, yeah. then drive. Blah, blah blah blah. Make sure you get one out of the airport. Just do your research. Yeah, mm-hmm. or take a shuttle because yeah, you really don't need a rental yeah. car there. Totally. Nice. How about in this next question? Oh boy. I recently so, installed. Were you going to say something? I was going to say just give us the <laughs> synopsis of this question. Recently installed some haze brakes on my Kona, and the caliper is humming loudly and causing taint tickling vibrations. This only occurs when applying medium modulating pressure. Light feathering or hard lockups are preferred. Doesn't make any noise. Wondering if there's any secrets for haze brakes. I have installed over 100 brakes, and this is the first time I haven't been able to sort this out. Also, bonus question. I lived in San Diego for four years, and now I live in Michigan. How do you make biking enjoyable again when you just miss the mountains and the thrills? That's going to offend a lot of people in Michigan. And, and, <laughs> and Jared did not give us the synopsis of this question. It was like a 50% synopsis. That's Anyways. 80. <laughs> so it's the Dominion A4 brakes, which I haven't had a ton of time on, but I rode a few times and actually really like those brakes. I've heard yeah, good things. They were powerful. The lever action is so, so feather light. light. Huh? It's amazing. Yeah, I felt them. I've not ridden yeah, them. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. It's kind of an underrated, it's, in terms of a brake that's not that popular, but it's actually a really good brake. Yeah. Hayes Dominions for sure. But then again, I don't know. This guy's having an issue. Yeah, this, Jordan, Jordan told me the same thing, though. He liked them a lot. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, Hayes, if you're listening, send us some brakes to ride. But uh, yeah, um, a lot of the vibrations when like a medium pressure can kind of be from multiple things. It's hard to know over podcast is probably the worst question to answer over a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's that that definitely Um, chalks up to one of those bike mechanic questions that you just can't do over the phone or over a podcast. I'd say I kind of know what he's talking about. Yeah, no, I felt it for sure. It could be. A bad bad bed in could be a semi contaminated. Yeah, sounds like when it's glazed setup, over. Glazed yeah. over, bad bad bedding in. Could also be like your mount is just slightly off. So hard braking kind of makes it square. Light braking doesn't really like make the full contact. But when you're in that middle braking, if your if your mount's off, whether it's crooked or even your caliper's not perfectly centered on the pads rotor. Pads aren't hitting flat on pads the aren't, rotor. Yeah, pads aren't clapping flat on that thing. Um, Sounds like I know a hardtail. I know it's a... Uh, it does the same thing. Your hardtail does the same thing? Yeah. 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 Just been living with it. I think I think there's... Uh, I wonder if other brakes wouldn't do that on your hardtail. I think I just glazed them and or it's like with Liam saying, it's crooked okay. and I've yeah. just not looked at it. Yeah, unfortunately, especially if your mounts are like on carbon, which a lot of bikes are, they're not perfect. So Parktool makes a brake like squaring What's kit the surfacing? Yeah, surfacing kit yeah. which i've actually been using a bit more i use it on jeff's bike and my bikes if i have the time if not i just run it but um <laughs> i do it on jeff's bikes it makes a difference and yeah it's amazing like how bikes are shipped without a perfectly square brake mount so mm. that could possibly be it but yeah over podcasts a really hard question but those would be my two or three guesses yeah I mean, you know, well, you know better than me. You can always go with the the tried and true process of elimination. Swap out the pads, see what happens. Swap out the rotors, see what happens. Swap out the entire brake set, see what happens. Yeah. Yep. Pads Not the easiest, but or or try to square that thing off too. See what happens. Yeah, that's 
part of it too, for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully that helps. Well, least but not last, Jared. Yeah. Quickly. What, what would your stage name be if you were famous? I think we should give each other stage names and not choose our own. Oh. Great idea. Okay, great idea. Um, Liam, I think yours would be... Hit me. Like, so, I mean, I've listened to this one radio and her her name is Dusty Street. And I think yours would be something sick like Ruddy Track or like Lomi Shoot. Oh, I was going to say Taddy Rat. Taddy Rat? Yeah. Taddy Rat. I was going to say like, yeah, Lomi Shoot. My name's, name's Lomi. Lomi Shoot. For I you, know. I was going to say Massive Nacho. <laughs> massive Nacho. Massive <laughs> Nacho. I was going to go All right, hurry up. The camera's going to turn like off. Rick Flair or something like that. Jeff would be... Uh, Can I get a new one? <laughs> nacho Libre? No. Nacho's fine, whatever. Baba Ganoush. No, how about like nacho cheese or something? Baba Ganoush. Baba Ganoush. Yeah, what's Jeff's? Um, you got 30 seconds. We, we, we have, have to do the next podcast. We have a. We have a. We man. We have a. Something. Uh, Pequino Hefe. Yeah. Pequito Hefe. Uh, Pequito. Yeah, we Pequitos. could find something catchier than that. It's got to be like catchy and like unforgettable, yeah, yeah. like Dusty yeah. Street. Well, what could be catchy and unforgettable is your reviews. Yes, <laughs> yes, you listeners, if you please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts. I'm not joking. I'm serious, even yeah. though Jared's laughing no, at me. Is. Uh, it actually really helps out our podcast, and we would genuinely appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you. And if you write a review, screenshot it, and you email it to podcast at worldwidecyclery.com, yeah. Jared will give you a little discount code, I will. a little special prize. Although I think everybody already did it. You know, I haven't really gotten much lately. I think everybody... It's because we haven't listening, said that. Oh, no, it. you did. We have been. Uh, Either way. Listening. Thank you. In. We appreciate you. Thank you. Power on. See you next time.